Hey guys, Alana Terry here. You are listening in to the Successful Writer Podcast. We have, as of right now, gotten up on uh, most of the major platforms. We are still waiting for iTunes. So if you're hearing this on iTunes, I want to say a special welcome. It's taken a little bit of time to get to you. Um, I think they're having issues with my cover art. They have certain specifications, but it's coming. I'm glad to be here. So time management tips. If you have listened to other episodes of the Successful Writer Podcast, you know that we focus a lot on marketing and also some mindset things that can help us in our writing careers. And I also take time to talk quite a bit about productivity. After college, I started working at a live-in program for troubled teens. And I was one of the counselors there and they were very strict about having a full day and a half off every week. On your day and a half off, you were not supposed to talk to other counselors about anything work-related. If there was an issue going on within the home, you would find out about it when you got back to work. So it was kind of funny because like I didn't have a car. So even on my days off, I was still like living in the home, but very much was not encouraged or even really allowed to be part of what was going on. It wasn't like that they shunned me. I still, you know, like would eat my meals with the family and stuff like that, but anything work-related, they were very, very careful about teaching us to protect our time. And I came to really appreciate this idea of a complete break from work, at least a 24-hour period. And that is something that carried over into my life even after I left my job at the girls' home. So the way this looks now is that I'll write Monday through Friday and then try to take Saturday and Sunday totally off and at the very least, you know, make sure that I'm getting a 24 to 36 hour period where it's really not work-related at all. On my best weeks when I do this, it's even like no Facebook, no email. I'll be totally honest, that doesn't often happen. But at the very least, you know, I'm not running to be creating new ads. I'm not, you know, drafting new books. I'm not editing things. I give myself permission to not respond to emails. I don't schedule meetings with others in general. And that's been really, really helpful for me to have set times that I know are not for writing because otherwise it would be really easy to let writing just totally take over. So in addition to having a set day off a week, I also think it's a good idea, especially if you find that you're having a hard time achieving balance. Like I know, especially if you're a stay at home parent and you're writing all the time, but you're also, you know, like supposed to be around for your kids and things, it can be really hard. Or, you know, maybe you write in the evenings, but your spouse is home in the evenings and sometimes they want to spend time with you. If you're having a hard time finding balance between just family and social, I don't want to use the word obligations, but I think you know what I mean. Like obligations kind of means like you don't want to do it, but you have to. But, uh, you know, presumably we want to still interact with people, but sometimes it's just easy to lock ourselves up in our, in our rooms or behind our laptops and just work, 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 work. And so in addition to this day a week off, which is kind of the bare minimum, 
Uh, I really recommend, or at the very least, I would suggest that it could be really helpful if you were to set aside certain hours a day that are not for work. So up until recently, up until basically this present school year, the mornings were for me to work on homeschool stuff with the kids. So I wouldn't get on my computer or do things like that until the afternoon. Um, now I'm still homeschooling, but they are older and they're getting more independent. So that's not always the case. One thing I do do, however, is like when I'm having a writing week, like I am right now, I'll do my writing sprints in the morning. And then I try to make sure I have a two hour window before I start the next writing sprint. And I totally get not everybody has um, the luxury of just taking, you know, two hours off, you know, maybe you're just writing an hour at night is all you've got and you have another job or things like that. Basically, I'm sharing this with you just to give you some ideas of what it, what it might look like. But I know for me, when I had my no writing in the morning rule, that really helped me because it gave me permission to be totally present with my family in the morning and not to always have in the back of my head, oh, I should be writing, right? Which totally would happen otherwise. And when I was doing my like heavy duty focused writing in the afternoons, it also kept me from feeling guilty that I wasn't spending time with the family because I knew that we had just spent the morning together. So Things like that are ways of having time that you know is just for work, but also having time that you know is not for work can be really helpful for finding that balance. So in addition to my um, day or two off a week, I started something new just this, this year. One of my goals was to set quarterly goals as opposed to just annual goals. And one of my quarterly goals was to take a full week off once a quarter. And sometimes I had done this before, but it kind of turned into like, I got so burnt out that I knew I had to stop or I had such bad writer's block. I couldn't work. And so then I would give myself permission to take time off, which I think is good. I don't regret not pushing through it. I do feel like sometimes, yes, you need to push through things, but other times you really do need to listen to your body, listen to your spirit take that time to rest when you need. What I wanted to do going into this year was to be more preventative about my time off. And my thought going into it was, well, if I take a time a week off every quarter, that's going to forestall me getting so tired that I just hit this brick wall. That was my hope. That was my plan. So I cleared everything off my schedule. I was really excited to go into this week with nothing, you know, on my plate, no obligations. It's the start of spring here in Alaska. I had grand plans to spend a lot of time in planning. Basically what I did was I spent a couple hours every day listening to audiobooks and playing Tetris on my phone. Like that feels like the bulk of what I did. I don't I don't think it worked for me to be totally honest. I talked with my husband about it. I'm not sure I'm going to keep up the one week totally off. I totally understand now why people will like go somewhere on vacation <laughs> because for me, I don't know if it was just that I was mentally tired. It just, it felt really hard. I think because I had all this extra time, it was easy for me to say, oh yeah, well, I'll, I'll spend some time planning this evening right now I'm just going to play some Tetris like I don't even know why it was Tetris it was kind of dumb and boring I did listen to some good audiobooks I stuck through it basically because I told myself 
that I would. And I think that maybe I'm the kind of person who could tend towards workaholism anyway. So some of it was just, I wanted to prove to myself that I could go a week without work. I did start running um, ads again by Friday because I told myself, well, I hadn't worked from Saturday on. It was basically a full week. I meant to go a full work week. So I did end my little staycation experiment one day early and just sat and watched a movie and worked on Amazon ads. Like it sounds a little silly, but that's kind of turned into one of the ways that I just unwind and relax. But I enjoyed it a lot more than playing Tetris. Like I said, though, I did have some good audiobooks. I am thankful for the time off. I just didn't go as I planned. It wasn't really as spiritually refreshing or productive as I thought it would be. And so what I'm considering doing going in from now on is just making sure that, you know, maybe two or three days a month, even on weekdays, that I'm taking a chunk of time off, you know, so maybe like I don't know. Every other week, I take half a day off. I think another reason why this week didn't quite turn out the way I was thinking it would is I told my youngest son, who's nine, that I was taking the week off of writing, and he was so excited and started to plan like all the extra stuff he wanted to do together. And I think that kind of felt overwhelming to me. Like he's like, okay, and, and we could play these board games and we can watch all of these movies and we could do all of this kind of baking. Like he really just liked spending time together, which is super sweet and I love. But I think when, uh, when I told him that I was taking the week off and he heard, oh, mom's gonna like spend 24 hours a day with me, I think I felt a little overwhelmed by that. So that's my my experiment. Like I said, I don't regret that I did it. I think it was helpful for me, like I said, even just to combat some workaholism to know that I can take time away from work. It's helpful also to just see, you know what, the world doesn't end when I'm not there. This was when I started my like no email on the weekends rule, which I've already told you guys I'm really bad at keeping. But when I do do it, it's one of the benefits of it. It just, it shows you that really all of these things that sound like they could be end of the world disasters really aren't a big deal. Like, okay, so you don't get an email until the next day and then you handle what's going on there. Like it, for me, like unplugging consciously and deliberately really does help you realize that a lot of these issues that we think of as super, super crazy urgent really aren't. And that's helpful. And I think it can help us get over our own sense of like self-importance too, in that we realize, okay, the world does keep going on without me. You know, like my Amazon account does fine when I go two days without checking it <laughs> or things like that. So that is my piece of kind of time management advice. It's just having set times where you know you're not going to be working so that you are free to do things. And then, you know, maybe the, uh, the takeaway for my kind of failed week off experiment is like, yes, sometimes it's okay to just pull out your phone and let your brain decompress while you're playing Tetris for hours and listening to some good audiobooks. I think the other big takeaway is I would really encourage you to not wait until you hit a brick wall to take time off, to just make that part of your workflow. We're not meant to work, you know, 30 days in a row. And if we do 
we eventually get sick or, you know, we experience burnout or brighter's block, or we just hit that brick wall so that we have to take a rest. Point being, I think in the end, your body's going to need to rest anyway, so you may as well let it be on your terms, if you know what I mean, as opposed to, you know, so I guess what I'm recommending is take your preventative day of rest off, your times of rest off, and that's going to ideally and hopefully forestall these times where you have to take time off because you're just so tired or you work yourself so ragged you get sick or things like that. You know, it's something funny when I worked at that girl's home that I told you about, which was the first time that I really got serious about taking time off and a day off. I spent that day off writing because at that point I wanted to be an author, but I had never written a book or been published other than like a couple articles and things like I'd never had fiction published. And so it's really funny because when I worked at the girl's home, my day off was spent writing and now it's the exact opposite. Writing is my work, writing is my job. And so now I need to, you know, take my day off, not doing the writing. So that was just kind of something funny. I think that, you know, it really goes to show there's not one right way to spend your day off. So for example, if you're really outdoorsy, your day off might be, you know, a 10 mile hike. Whereas if you're being really disciplined and going to the gym and running on the treadmill for half an hour a day, your day off might be not moving at all, you know, or not being, not doing that strenuous activity. So I really feel like it comes down to what is, you know, relaxing and what, what fills up your energy, what makes you feel rejuvenated. For some people that's connecting with friends, whereas for others, it's like if I'm tired and want to rest, like interacting with people is the last thing I want to do. So just think about what, what fills you up. And creatively too, I think as artists, we need to be careful that we're not just expending creative energy, but that we are also kind of absorbing creative energy. I hope that doesn't sound too like out there or wacky to you. Uh, but basically there are, there are art forms that can inspire us whether that's, you know, reading novels or watching movies or, you know, I, I really enjoy musicals, things like that, that kind of fill your creative uh, well that you can draw from. Those are important things to, to be filling your time with as well. So fill up your mind with uh, these creative things. So maybe that means listening to novels in your genre, or if that feels too much like work, maybe it's, you know, listening to something in a totally new genre just for the pleasure of it, or reading something that's really literary just to get the rich language, or, you know, I've gotten a lot of book ideas from watching Netflix shows and things like that. So anything that just kind of makes you feel creatively rejuvenated can be really good from the artistic standpoint. So wherever you're at now in your writer journey, I hope that you are finding these pockets of rest and inspiration and rejuvenation, and we will talk to you next time.